we've been talking about relationships for the last seven weeks, and for some of you, you've said, man, there's been some light bulb moments that just happened in my life as we were talking. You know, I finally started understanding some of the things. I'm starting to get some stuff. Things are starting to work out in my life. I'm like happy about that. And I've had others of you as well who said, you know what? Uh, up until we started talking about it, my relationships were fine. Now they're all messed up. Thanks to you. You know, why Why'd you have to bring up some of this stuff? Uh, and so I want to give you guys just a, a week to, um, to just to heal. So we're going to not talk about your relationships and uh, anything like that this morning. We're going give to give you a little chance to have a break. Was blessed by Mark Jefferson last, uh, last week. Thanks for that. That, that. that whole idea of the relationship that we share with our neighbors and to be purposeful about that. Love the MacGyver tool, whoever put that on, uh, on Facebook. I, I hacked my mother-in-law's Facebook. I saw that. Really cool. So um, uh, she's not here. Confession, right? It's a good thing. So... Um, but this morning, I, you know, every year I like to just teach on baptism. At one, uh, uh, usually it's uh, right before we do a baptism. But um, it's one of those things that uh, has confusion surrounding it in the body of Christ. There's, there's d- division over it in the body of Christ. And, and uh, as a church, you know, it's just good to, to, to revisit it and look at it and say, well, thanks a lot, Mark. I'm already baptized. You know, like, why do you have to talk about this? I've already been there, done that. I want to talk to you first. Uh, I want to talk to, to the ones who have, you know, maybe you got baptized last year and uh, water baptized, or maybe, um, you know, it was many, many moons ago that you uh, decided to, d- to live your life for Christ and you got baptized. Today, I really want to talk to you first because I believe there's such a, an incredible opportunity for us this morning to take a look back and to remember. Uh, we've been doing Second Peter uh, as a Bible study here on Tuesday nights, and the whole idea of Second Peter, he said, I just want to stir you up. I want to wake you up to... Um, to what uh, you've heard in the past, what you already know. I just want to remind you of it, and I want you to remember it. And he says, I'm going to write stuff down because you're going to forget. I'm going to die soon. He even writes that and says, I want this to be there for you as believers from now till Jesus returns. Well, he hasn't returned yet, so we're still able to, um, to remember and to be stirred up and, uh, and challenged by that. And, and, you know, as, as I've been thinking about it, I realized that, that he did that for a lot of the churches. You know, God did that for a lot of the churches in the, in, um the New Testament, we've, we've looked at Ephesians where he said, remember your first love. You know, remember what it was like way back in the day when you loved me and when you loved each other? Think back to those things. You know, remember, remember um, in Galatians, anybody remember as we did the whole Galatians study? Do you remember what he was trying to get them to go back to? What were they doing at first that they weren't doing now? Pop quiz. Oh, great. Yeah. You know what? Here, pass that man a mic. He, you, you preach that. That's good. First, yeah, first they were bound by the law and they were set free and said, don't live by the law anymore. Stop trying to keep rules and make rules. Live in freedom. Just live in it. Simply believe in Jesus and believe in freedom. Oh, what a sweetheart. I know. They're all like, oh, it's a baby. Oh. It's a baby. She can stay. It's all good. This is probably good for her. Um, uh, this, this morning, I want to just talk about remembering Taking a chance to uh, remember some of the stuff that maybe you've forgotten. My, uh, my Oma, she's, um, she's a little bit, uh, uh, I'm not sure how to describe it. She keeps stuff. A pack rat, it's probably not like a good term for your Oma. But she's a, a ho- yeah, I don't even know, a hoarder. There's just not a good term for it. But um, the, this, this week, my dad uh, brought this, this red folder back to my house. And, and my, my Oma had given it to him to give to me. And she said, videotape him when he opens this. And uh, obviously videotape is way back when. So he just whipped out the iPhone and he's recording me as, as I'm opening this folder. And I open this folder and I see stuff from 1988. Stuff that I did in 1988. And I'm like, 
who keeps this junk? Like, seriously, it's been stored away for 25 years. One of them was, like, I wrote a poem for the uh, Remembrance Day in, in, uh, in Dunville, and the competition wasn't that uh, strong in Dunville, so I won the competition, and, uh, and I, they gave me money and everything. It was, it was pretty sweet, and there's, you know, there I'm in, in the newspaper, and I thought, man, that's kind of that's cool, but then she kept stuff, like she kept a bulletin from the church just because it had my name on it that said it was my birthday that week, and I'm thinking, there's nothing in here but my name and my birthday. Well, I already know that Oma. I'm like, seriously, this is really not that exciting. Then there was this, you know, stilt competition where I had 12-foot-high stilts uh, where I stood 12 feet up in the air and walked over other kids on stilts at Dunville School. That's when, then another kid tried it, fell on somebody else, got a stilt in his stomach, and they banned stilts for life. That's because of me in Dunville. But I was reading this stuff. I'm like, man, you know, as I'm watching this, I'm like, I remember it like it was yesterday. That's like 25 years ago. I was like, wow, yeah, those were, those were cool times. And then I thought about, you know, how many things in my life have I, have I not really thought about in the last little while? Uh, in the last part of my lifetime. And, and I thought back to um, some memorable moments in my life. Uh, all of a sudden, I remembered my brother Len, who I really, uh, he lives in Quebec, so I rarely think about him. I uh, never call him, and uh, it's, it's terrible. But this, this, I thought back to when he was four years old. He was hit by a truck right in front of our house. Uh, my dad watched him get hit, thrown 60 feet through the air, eight ribs broken, went through his internal organs, skull fractures, internal bleeding. And uh, I remember as we saw, and as dad ran to the house, he ran to the house first. And as he said, your brother's been hit. Like my first instinct was, I gotta go to him. And dad grabbed, he's like, no, you're not going there. We're gonna sit down right here in the front entrance. And as a family, we sat down there and we began to pray. And we began to pray together that God would, would uh, move in this situation and heal him. We didn't even know if he's alive. And yet out of that, you know, two weeks later uh, at, at Mac, all of a sudden they're like, hey, listen, you got to take your kid home. Not mine. They said it's my parents. You know, you got to take your kid home because every morning we get there and he's disconnected himself and he's walking around the hospital and he's like, we can't keep him in his bed. You know, something's happened to this kid that's out of our hands. It's obviously something miraculous going on in him. Take him home. You can take care of him better than we can. And I remember I thought, man, God, I have my brother because of the miracle that you, that, that you did. And, and how often do I, am I thankful for that? So I called my brother and I talked to him. It was good. Uh, but I thought about that. You know, miracles that, that just again brought that attitude of, of thankfulness. I remember my first missions trip when I was like, it's all my worst fears put into one event. You know, leave mom and dad, mostly mom, I was just terrified. You know, go to a foreign country, fly on an airplane, live with 25 other teenagers for two months. Uh, and, and the worst part was I had to pay my own way to get there. And I was like, how am I going to get there? It's like $2,500. That's like a million back then. I'm thinking this is just not going to happen. And then they send you a nice letter and say, you're going on a mission trip, just ask people for money. Well, my worst fear was talking to people. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? I decided I'm going to sell my animals and stuff. I started selling my rabbits. And, and even then when people came to buy, I was so scared of talking to these people. Uh, they would I listed them for five bucks. The people came and like, um, hey, so uh, yeah, we like those rabbits. We'll take them. How much are they? And I knew I wrote down five bucks, but I'm like, um, four dollars or, or three, two. Uh, if you give me one, you can take them. And she's like, and, and my dad's like, what kind of salesman are you? You know, like, I'm not paying for you to go. You know, I, and this lady was gracious. She gave me the full price and, and I was 10 bucks on my way to 2,500. But you know, I remember praying, dear God, how am I going to get there? And I was like, would you, would you send the money? Because I just don't even know what to do. And I would hand out letters to people with like blank things and, and just hoping. I mean, it's a miracle that I actually went, really. And, and I thought about that. I thought, you know what, God, wow, you proved yourself faithful. There's been times where we've gone through, um, seasons where we need finances. And I just think back to that day, I'm like, man, 
I, I'm just so blessed that God's faithful. And, and I was thankful again for that. I thought about, you know, the, the being set free from fear and speaking in front of people. And some of you are like, man, I wish you still had that sometimes because you talk so long now. It's like back in the day when you wouldn't say five words to people. That must have been great. But sorry, I've been set free. So, um, uh, you know, but some of that I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, I haven't thought about that in a long time. But I'm thankful again for that. I remember getting married. And I'm thankful for that. And, and, and the, the, the days or the middle of the nights when all my children decide to enter, the, uh, enter this world. I was like, I remember that. Thinking, you know, seeing this little baby. I'm like, I remember that. I'm never doing that again. You know that? But, but I, the joy that they bring in my life, I, I love it. It's, it's just incredible. But how often do I not think about those things? You know, when we go around and send a mic around, hey, what are you thankful for? Most of us just let it go kind of pass by. And I wonder sometimes, like, well, I just, you know, I just don't want to say that I'm thankful that I ate a bagel this morning for breakfast. You know, that's more than, 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 uh, than a gr- good uh, population of this, of this planet is able to say. But we're just like, you know, we're just, we'll just let it go. But I wonder, it's not that you have to say it, but did you think it? Have you remembered some of the goodness of God in your life? And so he says, well, I'm not real good at remembering stuff. Me neither. I'm getting so bad, actually. I, I came here on Saturday, last Saturday, and I forgot my glasses at the church. And then I left and realized I forgot my glasses. But then I forgot where I just was. So I drove all the way to Tim Hortons to look for them. And then I realized they weren't there. And, and I was like, oh, man. And I just realized we forget stuff. And, and it's, um, it's so easy to do. But then there's these things where, you know, the word remember actually means this. To, to uh, recall to the mind by an act or an effort. Like, what, man, we got to work today? I thought it was just your day to work. No, today you get to work. There's some effort on your part that says, I got to actually do something to remember stuff. So I figured I would kind of help you out because I forget stuff too. But I thought, you know, there's, there's some things that we can remember just because we see something. I, I want to ask you, do you remember some of these people? You can shout it out. We'll have a little competition. Who's that? Yeah, remember when he was just a nice, clean-cut little boy? You know, wait, well, yeah, this guy. Remember, remember back then? Now he's like, you know, whatever, he's just crazy. But, but you, you can remember back when he was just that sweet, innocent, everybody loved him kind of kid. Remember him? How about this guy? Hanson. All right, that, yeah. Now, uh, anybody remember the song? Mbop, yeah. How about this? Oh, some of you know them. Three for three. You're doing all right. How about TV? Do you remember any of these people? <laughs> Who's that? Joey. Joey Tribbiani. Hey, what you doing? Uh, who? Gilligan's Island. How about this? You remember him too, eh? Was he awesome? How about this guy? That was me. Urkel. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. How about these? How about this? This event. Who is this? Oh, I know it's Kate and that other guy last night. Nobody can remember his name. It's William. Prince William. There you go. Who's, who about this one? Anybody remember that one? Remember where you were when that happened? Uh, how about this one? You don't remember that half of you. Don't, we don't remember this, but it did happen. Thanks. Any, hey, there's a few that remember. What year was that? What year was that? 1967, it did happen. We have an eyewitness. It's all right. It's all right. I live, I live on this. You, those are fighting words, man. Who said that? I see you in the back. All right. And what about this? Anybody know what that is? Oh, what year is that? F- who said 58? You're a genius, sir. That is awesome. Um, you know, the, 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 the pictures that you see, it's, it's crazy how all of a sudden this emotion and, and these thoughts come back just with seeing a picture. 
Yeah, you know, you see Justin Bieber last night, they're like, ooh. I'm like, uh, that wasn't quite what I expected. But it brought about some kind of emotion uh, and feeling and remembrance. Why? Because you remembered something. You know, the things, if we would focus on remembering something, those feelings and those things that surrounded that event come back to us. You know, there's a, a show called W5 um, back in the day. Anybody remember what the W stand for? waterfalls, uh, watermelon. No, who, what, where, when, why. Yeah, you got it. So what I want to just chat real quick this morning about, man, how does time just go like that? This is, we're going to talk about baptism. We're going to give you five quick points, and those are going to be them. Who, what, where, when, and why. Uh, and, and I want you to, I want you to take a, yeah, because that's what we're talking about. But I want you to remember, I want to remember if you've been baptized, I remember why you did it. What did you sign up for? What was it all about? There's a couple facts about baptism for you, a couple random ones. A, you can't baptize a cat. Um, that's why there's no cats in heaven. That's why heaven's going to be so great. Um, there might be a few bad ones there that God gives to the dogs for chew toys, but that's their only hope. So, um, yeah, see, we knew exactly. Um, but there's different types of baptism mentioned in the Bible, so not all of them are water baptism. And if you're reading through verses and you're like, hey, Mark, what about this? Uh, make sure that when you're reading it, it's actually talking about water baptism because there's different kinds. The word baptism actually means submersion. Um, it means, um, it's the word baptizo. It means like immersion, continuous dipping in uh, and to submerge. So it's, it's more like a, like a sunken ship. That's kind of the idea of a baptism. And it's, it's in there. It's completely immersed. Now, we don't do that with water baptism for obvious reasons. But uh, the, the, the idea is that it's not just a one-time event. It's something that, um, that is lifelong. You know, because some, for some, uh, they think, hey, this is the way you join the church or you join faith. You know, and you hear that in our culture a lot. People are saying, you know, oh, well, well, I was, you know, are you a Christian? Well, I was baptized as an Anglican. You know, I was baptized Catholic. And, and then you ask them later, well, are you going to church right now? Are you a part of it? No, no, I'm non-practicing. You know, and I was thinking, man, how crazy is that? I got to think about that too. Like, I'm a non-practicing vegan. I'm having people over for barbecue later on today. You'd be like, you're an idiot. Right? But we're, we're like, yeah, okay, so non-practice. The, the whole idea of baptism is that it's lifelong, um, this, this life that you continue to live. Water baptism doesn't save you. So um, the, the whole idea of infant baptism was that people thought water baptism saves you. And so they've got to make sure babies are baptized before they die, or otherwise they're not going to heaven. Um, and it's not the case. So you need to say, maybe I was baptized as an infant, you know, that's good for me. You know, there's, there's something I would want to um, cause you to think about. is that that, wasn't, that didn't save you, nor did it wash away your sins. Last night I was talking about a fellow I traveled out in Western Canada with for a while, and he always thought that, you know, if he sinned, he, had, he always rated his sins in levels. And when he hit this level of sin, he needed to be baptized again. And so we'd stay in people's houses, and seriously, like five or six times on this trip, I had to baptize in people's bathtubs because, you know, he, he had to rededicate his life to the Lord. You know, baptism is actually an outward symbol. Outward symbol of something that's happened on the inside. It's this, it's like your wedding. You know, when you, if you're not married yet, you know, for your wedding, it's not the day you fall in love. It's the day that you tell the world that you fell in love. And now you're choosing to do life together. Baptism is the same idea. You've already found out that, you know, uh, Christ has saved you. You've already believed in him. You've already had your sins washed away. And now you're like saying, hey, to the world, I'm going to just, you know, be obedient to Jesus and, and go through the waters of baptism and live my life with God for the rest of our life. Um, you know, it, it's, it, for, for some, it's like this, this thought of, you know, if you're married, and you're here today, and you realize, you know, you're married. If, has anybody's marriage ever gone through a tough time? Uh, yeah, every-
every marriage goes through a tough time, you know, or multiple. But after that happens, you don't, like, get remarried again. It's like, oh, man, we fought. we got to get remarried. Call the pastor. You know, we got to go do this over. We don't. Why? Because we understand that it's those vows we made. We just rethink about those things. Think back to that day and realize, you know, hey, this, we're in this for better or for worse. I thought it was going to be for better, but I'm still in, you know. Uh, that's the, the thought you can carry on and continue on. Same here. When you're baptized, you realize, hey, you know what? I'm going in this thing with Christ. Maybe there's times where you feel like, oh, it's a little bit dry, you know. I haven't spent time in the Word. I haven't been in these things. It's not this idea of that now we have to recommit. It's another thing we have to do. It's this, it's this thought of my life is, is lived with Him. I've made that decision. This is where we're going. It's not going to be smooth sailing all the way, but I'm in this thing. So and it's, it's one of those things that's a lifelong decision. It's, um, it's, uh, it's a symbol of, you know, following Christ. It's a symbol of making a U-turn in life, saying, you know, I was going this way, but I'm not going that way anymore. I want to follow Christ. It's a symbol of saying, hey, I know that all my sins are washed away. I know that he's my Savior. I believe in Jesus, and I want to live the rest of my life for him. That is the what of baptism. The last four are this. When should you get water baptized? People always ask me, you know, when, can you, when should you get baptized? Because, you know, my four-year-old wants to. They really, really want to. I think they get it. I think they understand. Mark chapter 16 Verse 15 and 16, I would normally give you time to reach that spot, but I'm not going to today because we're for sake of time. But it's in the middle there. So um, uh, it, it's, it says this, and, and he told them, go into all the world, preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So what are they talking about here? They say the two go together. First it's believe and then be baptized. So in order for asking the when, the when is when you can believe. So when you actually have the opportunity and ability to believe uh, that you need a Savior, to believe that you can make a, a decision to follow Christ, and that you believe it actually affects everything in your life and your, um, your ultimate end, that, that then you're, you're able to get baptized. That's the when. Um, for some, they're like thinking, well, hey, you know, what age? If you're able to make lifelong decisions. So if your child still can't figure out what they're going to be when they grow up, they sure haven't figured out lifelong decision yet. So it's, it's getting to that, that understanding idea. It's different for every person. But it's this, it's this thing where I think with parents, let your kids have the chance to, um, to talk those things through and figure out their when. Where should you get baptized? You know, I remember back in the day, I was up at Long Lac. It's a town way, way, way far away. I was like 12 years old. Basically, you just drive north for 24 hours. Uh, and as you get further and further up there, there's trees and there's a gas station, four hours of trees, and a gas station, four hours of trees. And then past that away, there's Long Lac. And, and it's picturesque. It's beautiful. No one lives there. Uh, and it is this amazing, amazing place. Well, we did a tent crusade up there, and, and all of a sudden, everybody's getting baptized on the last day. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. Today, I'm getting baptized. And my parents are like, really? Like, everybody else is doing it. It's a good time, and this is a great place. And then I was like, wow. The went to feel the water. I'm like, holy smokes, it's cold. I don't know so much now if I'm going to do it. I'm thinking this, this where, it kind of meant something to me. But for some, I hear people say, oh, you know, of course the water's got to be cold. Baptism isn't supposed to be this fun event. It's got to be like, it's like dying and this, this whole thing. It's got to feel awful. And if you don't get baptized in a freezing cold lake in January, it didn't work. It's not spiritual. You know, others are like, it's got to be holy waters. You know, you've got to go back to the Jordan River where Jesus got baptized. That's where it's got to happen. Um, for some, it's like it's got to happen in church. Others like it can't happen in church. I just wish people would read their Bible because it clearly states where that should happen. So if you have your Bible, um, turn with me to Hezekiah chapter 2, verse 17. It's just back a little bit from, uh, from Mark there. Here it says, And all followers of Jesus must be baptized in the Jordan River just as he was. 
not in the Bible. You're right. Thanks for that. She, I'm just going to say, it's a good reason to bring your Bible to church because I can put anything up on that screen. You'd be like, I, I believe it. That's not in the Bible, but this one is. In Acts chapter 8, uh, there's a story of Philip, and he's walking with this guy, uh, and he, it kind of happens, uh, kind of like Mark was talking about last week. He's, he, uh, they're, they're, they're having a ride together in their chariot, you know, their for earliest Mustang available. They're riding along, and they're talking about Jesus, and he actually leads this man to the Lord uh, right there in that chariot. And as they're driving, it says, um, after, after he accepted Christ, he, he right away comes um, upon this, some water, it says. He comes upon some water and he says, hey, what's, what's for, um, stopping me from being baptized? They're like, nothing, man. There's some water. So the, the whole idea of where, just it doesn't matter where. Don't wait for this perfect spot. Some water means a ditch, you know, a pool, a, a hot tub, a cow trough, a swamp. Wherever you find some water is a perfectly normal place to be baptized. But the thing is, you get to choose. I chose a hot tub. It was nice. So you can choose wherever it is. But I want to encourage you that the where wasn't quite what, what uh, it was the, the important thing. And so don't let that be a hindrance to you. Because the, the last two things are the most important. Who? Who's involved in baptism? Well, you are. It's your choice. You know, it's not something you, your parents can choose for you. It's not something your kids can choose for you. Not something I can choose for you. It's something you get to choose, to, uh, the decision to make. Uh, and it's someone else. It's tough to baptize yourself. So I'd say get some friends who, uh, who are able to be a part of that with you. And some people are like, oh, you have to have a pastor. You have to have some. No, you don't. You can have an atheist baptize you. You really could. Um, even if they don't believe, because it's not about the person. It's about that decision and the thing that, that uh, you're, um, you're doing. Paul even said, you know, that he only baptized a few people. Jesus didn't baptize anybody. His disciples did all the work. So I want to just encourage you to say, yeah, baptism is something I want to do. You can pick anybody to do it with you. And the last thought is this. Why? Why get water baptized? You know, if it doesn't save you, why do I need to do it? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a good Christian. I believe in Jesus. Why should I get baptized? You know, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10 clearly states that, that we're not saved by baptism at all. Simply saved by believing in Jesus Christ, confessing with our mouth that he's Lord in our life. But for those who've gotten to that place, you know, um, Jesus being Lord, being master, being driver of the bus, for some of you that go with that term, it's this idea of wanting to do what Jesus wants us to do. It's not about me anymore. It's about him. What do you want me to do, God? Well, Jesus said this in Matthew 28. He closed with this. It says, um, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, it's just simple obedience to what Jesus did. You know, if you truly believe that, that Jesus has saved you and, and you've had the chance to believe and you've not been baptized, that's that, that idea of saying, Jesus, I just want to be obedient to you. This is one step in being obedient to what you want for my life. And to take that step, you know, when he becomes Lord and Master, and you begin to celebrate life. And it's that idea of, you know, God, from here on, it's you and me till death do us part. I know it's going to be me who dies, so that's when it ends. But we're in this together. For those of you who have been baptized this morning, I want to just ask you this question. When's the last time you've thought back to that day? Because it meant something. It meant something. You know, I was talking with somebody this week, and they thought back to that day and realized, wow, they were going through a real difficult time right now. But as they thought back, they're like, God, wow, look at the things you did in my life that brought me to that place. And then following that, they said, wow, look at where I've come from there till now. The thing that I'm in right now was nothing compared to where you've taken me. Have you taken some time to reflect on how he's changed your life? Have you taken some time to just remember and, and realize that this life with God is actually that? Have you remembered what you signed up for? 
And I want to stir that up in you again today to say today, yeah, Jesus, I remember I made this decision. I'm living with you today. So wherever I go, to whatever candidate party or whatever, I know it's you and me. We're there together being able to enjoy this thing. It's that amazing, you know, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of life, the gift of salvation to think about those things and allow them to just affect the way you live. And it's interesting because, you know, it works for, it works for faith, it works for marriages, it works for all those things. As you begin to think back to those times and remember the early moments, the feelings come back. For those of you in your marriages going through tough times, I would encourage you to think back to what it was that made you fall in love, not the idiot thing he just did last week. Think about those things, and believe me, those feelings come back. 